Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. listeners uh (laughs) so it's just me today it's just been me for a while uh this isn't a interview episode so if you were counting on that uh you can get out now and save yourself a lot of rambling in fact I just got done recording about an hour worth of material that after listening to just the first part of it, I I really want to delete it. So I'm re-recording. <laughs> uh, that'll that'll give you some idea of where I'm at in in this week's podcasting and life and everything. So I'm hoping that I can deliver the information that I tried to say very badly this past recording in about an hour and cut it down for you so that you don't have to spend all your time listening to me ramble on and just have a stream of consciousness. It's my process. It's something that I do a lot. And I feel like it's been about hmm, three years that I've been doing that through living, which is very not Amy Nichols or normal for me. It's not really my style. It's, uh, it's been very frustrating to say the least. But this, this episode, I wanted to touch base with y'all because one, I haven't, I haven't really spoken with you guys like directly like this and recorded a podcast that was just kind of letting you know about me. And I do think that, that for the Apprenticeship Diaries, that's important because, you know, as you all know, it's it's about other people's stories, but it's also about my story. And this has been such an incredible outlet for me. So I wanted to kind of let you guys know what has been going on with me because I I have been seeing it more and more with friends of mine that are kind of retooling their process or their workflows might just be that I'm more keyed into that because that's what phase I'm in I don't know but something happened to me during COVID certainly my heart broke certainly I lost my job that I had for 11 years my home studio that quite frankly I had I not been let go I'm pretty sure I uh I mean, COVID in 2020 changed a lot of things. I was, I was fixing to leave, (laughs) fixing to leave. That's my Kentucky, uh, year spent in Kentucky coming out right there, fixing to leave, uh, once 2020 and all of the craziness started, uh, that kind of sealed it for me, but it especially sealed it for my boss who let me go. And, uh, That was a trauma I didn't really expect to rock me as much as it did. I think it's like most things. uh, There's like a grieving process. 
So there was, there's a lot of traumas. I mean, I'm not alone. It was 2020 for everyone. And, uh, you know, hindsight is 2020 as well. If I can say what, I mean, it's, it's just hard guys. Cause it's been hard to figure out what the hell's been going on. I don't think I've ever been here. I, it's, it's weird. Cause I've, I've really just, I'm, I'm just such a fucking control freak. Um, and I've always had a lot of regiment and a lot of, a lot of, this is just the way you do things about me and about my life and about what I do that to get rocked like I did in 2020, it, it just, it kind of like was like a system reboot. And again, not alone. I'm sure I'm probably one of the lesser traumatized people after 2020. There's a lot of people who lost people in their lives. And I'm fortunate in that I didn't, I didn't really lose anybody uh, to COVID. I, uh, I established a lot of relationships with people because of COVID. And I think that's good too. In fact, I, I think, I think 2020 happening is has more potential of being good despite all things that are happening and have had have happened since uh it has a lot of potential um but I guess what I wanted to mostly talk about with you guys is that I I couldn't tattoo really you know I did but I couldn't. And it's been this really weird conflict. Because I think that if there's one thing that I can mark about who I was pre COVID, that I'm trying my heart out to be less of moving forward is that I was kind of all over the place. And I really can't blame anybody who, I guess, lost faith in me or you know, misappropriated faith or, or saw me a certain way and was disillusioned or, or any of it. I, I, I really can't. I can't blame anybody because, you know, I'm, I'm clearly lost. I'm, I'm failing for words right now. Um, and I think I was more lost pre-COVID than I thought I was. Um, in my heart, I think my intention was just to be open and I have this quirky thing with me that's not smart. This is a stupid way to live life, honestly, because survival-wise, this is very dumb. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this, uh, but it's the only way that I think you can truly get the best out of yourself and the best out of other people and to have clarity and honesty. I give people full trust. Now, this is definitely situational. I'm not going to just give full trust to some random stranger who's running up to me on the street. I no. But what I mean is, is like when I'm when I'm relating with people, I give them full trust and I allow them and our interaction to monitor how much trust they actually deserve. You know how people always say, you got to earn my trust. Uh, no. You got my trust right away. Now, whether or not you deserve it will be determined as we progress forward. 
So that's how I really like to deal with it. And um, it's not, it's been something that I've heard from other people uh, who are, who are artists and performers. Um, Matthew McConaughey actually talked about this on his interview with Joe Rogan. He's, he said that this is his approach and it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I love so many things about Matthew McConaughey uh, that I know of him. I don't know him, but his energy for the most part is pretty good. And I think he's a pretty well-intended guy. Um, you know, like anybody, he, there's things about him that annoy me, but that was, that was cool to connect with. But yeah, uh, something broke in me along with my heart. It was just this trust that I have always given others, uh, because I all at once saw how quickly I could get bitten and it was really freaky. And you'd think that I would have felt it prior, but I, I, you know, I haven't really, I haven't confronted technology. I hate social media. I, I know it doesn't seem like it. If you've been following the show, you'd be like, what? You're always on social media. I have tried to be. That has been a trying because I'm stepping into podcasting. I know that networking, connection, being on social spaces. I mean, it's key. It's what you got to do here. And in the beginning, you have to do it yourself. Um, so, you know, I know that might not seem like the case, but I really, you know, I, I, do I want to meet people? Do I want to have good conversations? Do I want to deliver you guys stories? Do I want to be, you know, honest and open and sharing and caring and giving and stuff? Yeah. The medium of social media is not really my way. That's not what I like. I like in person I like to be able to touch, to feel, to get a sense of, of nuance. Um, and I like to have an experience that isn't so easily, you know, dismissed or forgotten. So, you know, again, another thing that has brought me to tattooing. But COVID took me away from it. And I hope that I can explain it to y'all because I think it's important. Um... I have a policy on my website that says I will not tattoo people within a year of grieving. And COVID to me was like a death that every single person really experienced. And I'm not sure if what I'm talking about is repetitive at this point, but to reiterate it, I think is important with what I'm talking about right now. So spare me if I if I'm being repetitive, but people are very reactionary after they experience a death because it's this calling to just do something, to just, to just move and to just do something. And there's been so much to react to ever since COVID that I don't really feel like people have stopped this I got to do something energy. And it's been really weird because I could be making a shit ton of money right now because right after COVID, everybody wanted to get tattooed, like everybody. And I just couldn't do it, man. Like I, I did tattoo, 
but I tattooed people I'd already worked with or that I currently had projects ongoing with. And then from there, the only people that I've taken on have been people I've already worked with. I just, I really needed that comfort. I, I needed to know that I was sharing a space and my process and my talent with people who already kind of got it and who already were signed on and knew the deal and were invested because starting anything new at that point felt, it just felt wrong on so many levels. One, for one thing, I, the most important thing was that I was shook. I was shook about myself. I was, I I was still dealing with COVID. I mean, I went back to work. I went to work to work like as immediately as, as quickly as I could create a space to do it. So I was managing that. I ended up catching COVID. Uh, I think again, because I'm pretty sure I had it prior. So I caught it again. And I had to, I had to manage all of that. I had to, you know, I had to deal with this illness that everybody was super, 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 super fearful of. And apparently nobody knew the deal with, even though for myself and for what I could ensure, I, I felt pretty confident that I wasn't going to hurt anybody. I mean, you know, I'm a tattoo artist. I was going to hurt them that way, but I wasn't going to, you know, lead to anything really, really bad. Um, Because tattooing is pretty safe. Uh, It's very controlled and there are a lot of controls for it. And I exercise a lot of controls when I do it. And I had done that pre-COVID. So for me, the idea of getting back to work wasn't awful or hard. But it was, it was people. Is what I saw in them. It, it felt more like providing a legal drug to someone. I felt like, I felt like, uh, like a, I don't know. I don't even want to say a bartender because a bartender, you know, not everybody that comes into a bar is a raging alcoholic or somebody who has control or substance issues. Uh, you know, bartender just does a job, right? But it's also a bartender's job, I know, to know when people are past their mark and to not serve them. And we have a a rule in Maryland that you can refu- you can refuse service. I mean, that's actually a rule cross country. If you don't feel morally good about doing business with somebody, you can disengage. That's pretty much what I've done for like three years. And I'm so sorry to anyone who's been waiting to get in with me. I really appreciate your time and patience. I completely understand if you've just moved on. I, I get it. I, I'm happy for you if you have. But I needed to heal, man. And I, I needed to figure myself out. I needed to realign my boundaries. I had to I had to be in comfortable spaces. I had to take time to really feel shitty. And uh, I had to try a lot of things too. I've I've gotten squirrely. I've done a lot of different kinds of art. Currently, I'm doing three pet portraits uh, for Christmas, which is kind of cool. You know, like I'm I'm not relying, at least at this point, on my tattooing alone because I've been doing other things. 
I talked to somebody about a logo design. That's pretty cool. I have another guy who kind of asked me about uh, a bourbon label. So there's been some cool things. Uh, you know, you all know that I joined the Nomad, the Nomad Network uh, with Jason Stapleton, and I can't recommend that enough. I, uh, I've, I've done several guest spots, all have been yielding of, of different awesome things and beautiful people and wonderful experiences, and they've all helped reinvigorate me, uh, realign my priorities, my view, but I've, I'm just super acutely aware of everything and I I know I'm not alone I know all of us are in this perpetual state of just like what the hell is going on and I know how healing a tattoo can feel in that just the same way as a good cigarette or a hit off of a joint or the right kind of drink or a sexual experience that makes you feel just elated for the moment But tattoos aren't that. They're forever. And uh, to remove them is a lot. It's very painful. And from what we understand, that might be more impacting to your health in regards to having ink in your system than even tattooing. So I wouldn't want to put a tattoo on somebody that we're not going to keep and that we don't want forever. So it's been hard. It's been hard for me to mark people. I've really, I mean, I'm fighting back tears, guys. Um, It's been difficult. And I know it's like, I'm such a dick when it comes to other people's emotions. Like, I am. I'm, I don't try to be, but I'm very dismissive because when I'm in the arena, man, I'm like, there is no fucking crying in baseball get back to work, do your job, stop sniveling. This is no time or place to fucking lose your shit. Uh, But I have to admit it. This is where I'm at. Um, so I've, I've just been searching guys. I've just been searching and I've been trying to pay attention as much as I can. Uh, been trying to meet as many people as much as I can just simply because I think when you're a little lost or you're feeling lost it's it's good to um one be still and two you know switch things up a little bit you know if you want something to change you're not gonna get changed by staying the same right you're you gotta move you gotta do something different so in that way I guess I'm I'm different that I'll, I'll keep moving. There hasn't been much movement, not enough for me to be happy with myself, really, because I've gained weight, COVID, COVID pounds, you know, like 20, 20 for 2020. Uh, <laughs> I've lost all gains that I had prior to COVID as far as my physicality and as far as my confidence, which if you knew me pre-COVID, I probably was a little too confident um but now it's just it's kind of rocked and really I didn't think I was too confident before COVID I just I you know I just don't think I was very aware I think I was just doing a lot of things that I felt great about that made me happy and 
not really putting too much to it. But this is what's shifted. I don't want to do anything anymore that doesn't have meaning. I just don't. I don't want to do things that are pointless. I don't want to do things that I don't identify with just because somebody else identifies with it. I don't. I'm not saying that things don't hold value. But I'm saying that if I am to put myself to it, they have to have value for me. And if they don't have that, I don't really want to be involved anymore. If I don't see the merit of it, if I if I don't see how it'll help, if I, you know, or if I, especially with tattooing, if I see somebody is going down a path with their tattoo acquisition or collecting that I think is not wise, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't. Um, I don't want to. And uh, I think the promise that I'm making to myself moving forward is that it has to be a sacred space now. It has to be a place where I share this craft with another person because doing it alone means the world to me. It's my peace. It's my comfort. It's, it's the way I, I make a living. Uh, it pays my bills. It has great meaning to me to tattoo, but, but what it means to another person, I have to make sure of moving forward and I have to feel an alignment with because otherwise I just, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to overindulge it beyond that because here's the thing. I've really tried to take the most amount of responsibility and accountability that I can for myself, for other things. I've spent three years really milling over all that I lack, all that I am, all that I am not. And it's kind of left me fucking, fucking clueless still. And I've taken a lot of time, an annoying amount of time. And I think what I've come to is the same as anybody. I mean, I mentioned producing a legal drug. I think that's what I've been indulging in, honestly, for years now. It's just addiction. My own codependency, you know, I struggle with that. But I hit, I think it hit a breaking point with COVID. I really, really do. And in the years that have, have followed, I have had to purge the shit from me that is the last remaining fucks that I can give to things that don't mean anything to me anymore. I want to stand for something. I want to be about something. I want to grow things. I want my life to have meaning and I am here to admit to you guys that I don't have a single fucking clue how to do it. <laughs> I'm just doing. 
I'm just in the arena and I'm just doing right now and I'm trying not to cry too much and I'm trying to just get back in there and I'm trying to be the best that I can be for everybody. But this podcast has really helped. And I think the biggest thing that I can give you guys, and I know this sounds, I mean, this is going to probably bother a lot of you and that's fine. Again, this is about not playing for everybody, just playing for the right people. I have had to really touch base with my spirituality. I've had to get right with God. And I don't, I don't care what people prefer. I mean, all, all terms work for me, honestly. I'm not attached. But I have been moving towards it. And specifically, I've been moving towards a Christian God. Uh, mostly because it's foundational. It's foundational to Western society. It's foundational in America. It's foundational to our laws. It's my foundation as far as religion. I mean, I have to say that that was mostly in my home growing up. All the, albeit I, I was able to, you know, look into all forms of spiritual, spirituality. And as an artist, particularly a tattoo artist, you know, diving into symbolism and theology, mythology, religion... It's so important for us to be able to meet our clients with where they are and service them well. So I've been very diverse about all of that. And I I hope that I will not be exclusive moving forward. Though I don't know. I don't know what this path, just so everyone, I don't know. I'm, I'm being pulled and I know it. I know that sounds cheesy and crazy. I don't. I don't necessarily claim to be sane right now. But I know that I have tried all that I can. And I know that um, something is pulling me towards this. The other thing that's been happening in the background since COVID is that I have been trying to get closer with my family. I haven't had the easiest time with my family I've experienced a lot of things with them that I'm sure other people have had traumas and experiences that have caused huge rifts, but, you know, of course, mine are very unique and it's, it's been hard. It's been hard getting back and it's been hard loving each other again in the ways that we want to be loved and to see each other. I think that's more it, to see each other. We love each other very much. We wouldn't still talk to each other if we didn't, given all that we've, you know, been through. I, I just see my family and me getting older and older and time never stops. So, you know, I, I want, I want to make the most of them. And I think this links to the whole meaning thing. I, I've, really looked around me and found such immense gratitude for all that I have. You know, things have happened to me. Something broke in me, but it was good. It was, you know, did I lose some things? Yeah. Some people? Yeah. But I, I have so much. And I think my dedication moving forward has to be to 
really, really honor that. Honor it, not squander it. To be real, to be decisive, to have boundaries. Uh, and I, I, I just wanted to share all of that with you because I don't know where this is going to lead. I really don't. I've got some weird shit in my head as far as like projects and fun things that I want to, I want to see where it'll take me. It might not take anywhere. I have a lot of abandoned children as far as creations that I just start and then I'll stop because it just wasn't, I wasn't digging it that much. Um, so I, we'll see, we'll see where this takes me. As for my clients, you know, again, for the people that I've kept on pause, that might be wondering, like, God, I contacted her years ago. Like, where the hell is she? I mean, hopefully this will, hopefully this will explain. I don't expect you to have any real compassion because uh, you don't know me if you haven't met me. And, and I hope that you've just done what you needed to do for yourself because we all need to do that, right? I mean, especially now. Always. I mean, not just especially now. Always. So I've, I've also experienced some cool things. I mean, uh, apart from, you know, just meeting you guys and kind of feeling like I had to share this, this particular time to let you guys know that I'm still really raw. I've been, kind of been knocked down to baby status in some ways. Um, I, I really didn't have anything ready to go this week as far as sharing an interview with you. I do have one coming up next week with Nathan Reardon. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it. I'm just going to let you guys discover him. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, he's been through a lot. I know that this is a great precursor for listening to him because he experienced COVID in a way that I didn't. And it was a really cool discussion. Um, it's going to be a two-parter, so I'm not sure what we're going to get to with the first part, but it was a really cool discussion and he's doing a lot of amazing things. So I'll, I'll let that unfold next week, but look out for it. Come back. Um, and we always appreciate you when you do come back. Uh, the other thing that I have done to kind of expand myself is I, you know, I'm trying to educate myself as much as I feel comfortable doing. Um, and I, I really want to grow this podcast. I mean, I, I love this medium. I hate the technology of it. I'm, I'm hating it less and less as I take it on. Uh, and that, that leads me to another thing is that I, I have assumed the role of audio engineer here. So if it's not as good as it was before, that's because it's me doing it now. Um, (laughs) My audio engineer, my audio magician, uh, sound, sound wizard, Chuck Nunn, has gotten so busy and doing DJing and his own audio pursuits that he has, he has to break off and I don't blame him. He hasn't, he hasn't made an ounce of money from years of helping me with this vision and I couldn't be more grateful. Uh, I want to have him on the show. I want to bounce around a couple ideas that I have with him about uh, another segment to the Apprenticeship Diaries or just like another thing that I want to explore that I'm, I'm sure he'll be open to. Uh, I pretty much owe him 
in trade a whole bodysuit. So we'll see what that culminates to. But I'm just hoping that somehow, some way I can give back to Chuck later in ways that I can't even see right now because he's done so much for me. Uh, so Chuck Nunn, I, I love you. I appreciate you. This is good. I'm sorry it took me so long to step up to the plate. Uh, the other thing that I have been trying to do is do small conventions. Uh, I went to Pagoda City Tattoo Convention for the first time. Never even knew about it. Uh, it's fabulous, by the way. It's in PA. And uh, so many dope artists were there. I didn't work it. Uh, it's an invitational only. I did reach out to who I think are the organizers and begged at least it felt like begging uh, them to work the show next year or to see how possible that was. I offered up my website and we're just going to see. Either way, uh, I'm going to make it a frequent stop because I can tell you that um, out of a lot of the tattoo conventions I've gone to, as far as the way it was organized and run, it was beautiful. The kind of people that came was just, I mean, they're OGs, man. They're, they're OG tattoo people. There was all of that there. Such solid, beautiful tattooing and names in the industry were there. So highly recommend it. In fact, I went because I heard from a client of mine who mutually follows her that, uh, uh Oni O'Leary, I call, I've called her Oni for the longest time, but I think it's Oni. Ani O'Leary was going to be there, and she's a dope artist from Australia, and I was hoping to be a walk-up of hers, but uh, she was already booked, of course, for the day with a much better tattoo than I probably would have given her to do, so I was really thrilled for her, and uh, I got to meet her. I got to hug her. Um, I got to buy stuff from her. I bought stuff from my, my client, too, who told me about her, but when I tell you that this this convention was I was able to network and rat with so many people the, all the artists were so nice like there's only a few that I was just like yeah you know you're not my favorite kind of person but <laughs> but for the most part I'd say like 98% of people were just amazing and I also was introduced to and just finished recording. I hope I hope they like what I recorded. I haven't sent that over to them yet, but I'm hoping to because I want to make it a regular shout out here on the podcast. But I met uh, the creators of Black Dagger Books, who I've shouted out a couple times, like on just stories and stuff like that. But it's a really, really good company and subscription. You get these beautiful books and um, I just want to help them. I met the creators and fell instantly in love with them I mean I I know you shouldn't again I full trust you know <laughs> but we really had like great conversations they gave me so much of their time um, for anybody who's interested it's Travis Lawrence and Josh Rowan so check them out um, I follow them on the Apprenticeship Diaries IG page so I'm pretty sure that if you search their names under who I'm following you can find them and certainly through following Black Dagger books, which you should. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just recorded a promotional kind of ditty that I will be inserting uh, regularly, hopefully, if they like it. So I found them. I am a subscriber of theirs now. So that's cool. Uh, the other big thing is that I 
have been going to, well, like I said, I smaller tattoo conventions. I just went to the first ever needle jig event. And, you know, I can't even believe this because I went to the Paradise BYOB, which was small last year through Tattoo Now, Gabe Ripley, awesome dude, doing a lot of things for me, Um, you know, helps with reinventing the tattoo and Guy Atchison. And uh, he's got his own his own product out right now uh, that he's going to fill me in with and we're going to try out together and just it's it's all it's all so cool to have these connections and these people that I know and I I hope I hope everybody will look into these names because they're great people and they have a wealth of knowledge to offer and if nothing else it just makes it makes learning more fun um, but I haven't used needle chigs products yet I went last year and then I never ordered. And I said to Mark uh, 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 Lascarbo, I think that's how you say his last name, Lascarbo. Um, sorry, Mark, if I brutalized it. You'll you'll set me right because I'm going to interview him. I said I would and I never go back to him. And so I have to now, but I'm, I'm happy. I told him I'm happy that I waited and I, I framed it as waited instead of didn't do it. Um, <laughs> I'm happy that it has happened or it's going to happen after, uh, this, this tattoo convention that he put on because he'll be able to comment about what it, what it's like being a baby all over. I mean, he's been in the industry and been doing his own business for so long that I think that, you know, doing something like this was so daunting and I hope that he can further, um, inspire me. I know he can, he, he does to grow some fucking balls and, (laughs) and either that or, you know, have my, have my uterus get tougher. I don't know what, whatever chick that get, you know, get tough. Um, and you know, expand and grow and do all the things that I aim to do and just breathe and do it. Um, but he did his first, tattoo convention and meetup. It's called the Needle Jig Northeast Meetup. And it was the 24th and 25th of October, which was kind of interesting because it was during the week. It was a Monday, Tuesday, which is typically our days off. So that was kind of cool. And the thing that I can note about it the most that I really love was that there was so much networking. You know, I met so many artists Uh, right away. Everybody gained followers because we had a whole segment where we were just able to sit and actually, actually meet each other and talk with each other. And it was really, really cool. And I love that about it. And also now, based on having now sat through Mark's needle conversation and breakdown, I learned a lot more than I knew before. can't even believe I didn't know before. Or maybe I did and it was just like, it just made sense, but I I didn't have anybody actually isolate it and break it down. But he did a whole needle seminar that I highly recommend, recommend where he just, he talks about needles and um, because of it, I am trying his needles now. I haven't tried them yet because I'm a douche, but I'm going to try them now because I, I just love him. Like again, like Black Dagger books, like I, I met, I met the maker. I, I really like the maker. I love the sincerity of them and I, I'm going to trust. I'm just going to do that. So I'm, I'm really hitting this from a much different angle now though, because like I said, spiritually, I'm 
I'm moving a little bit differently and I'm listening more to uh, myself, I guess, God, what I know is right and wrong, at the very least for myself. Um, I want to be better, guys. I really, really do. I want that for myself and for all of you. Um, let's see. Did I leave anything out? Uh, Rico hasn't been on the show a lot. And I think that's mostly because I don't really know if he likes podcasting. <laughs> I, th- I think he loves me. And that's another thing. I'm, I'll, I'll share this. I hope, I hope he won't get mad. But I've struggled, guys, with relationships most of my life. I, I don't think it's been something that I have had a lot of uh, examples of as far as good examples of, I've had a lot of bad examples of relating to people. And uh, it's taken me 41 years to get here. (laughs) Where I can admit that and where I, uh, I'm just like super trying to not, engrandize anything take each day a day at a time a moment to moment kind of thing and really pay attention and most importantly not engrandize but you know when Rico and I first started out I think both of us just you know really wanted to see how much we could couple together and since then we have so much in common still it's not even like we don't it's just that I think we had to learn what each other's you know strengths are and what each other's weaknesses are uh Rico (laughs) we're we're opposite in a lot of ways um but we work and as I think as long as we respect each other we'll continue to work but Lately, you know, it, we're almost at four years together. Lately, there's been a lot of honesty and a lot of pushback in our relationship that I think is healthy, but I think it's each person defining what they need. And, uh, you know, Rico's kind of opening up. I think for him, too, a lot of what he had in the past, he felt like he had to be a certain way. And so he just, you know, locked in and... and bore a lot of bullshit but now I think he knows that he's with somebody who genuinely doesn't want that that I want him to be really happy uh and I I'll say it I I want him to be really happy with or without me I would love it with me I love the kid a lot um but I think he knows and he feels comfortable to tell me that he's not, you know, he's not happy doing a lot of things. And I think one of the, it's just the podcast, you know, it's, it's not, he's tried it and it's, it's, you know, whatever for him. You know, I think it's a flight of fancy. I think he likes coming in when he can and contributing when he can and when he's able. And I think he likes the fact that I do it and that I like to do it. 
but I, I don't think it's really his thing. Uh, I'm sure you'll find him back on here. He's always going to be a host on some level because he's my partner and he will continue to be uh, a part of the journey. And, you know, just like, uh, him, uh, this past time going up to Jiminy Peak for the, uh, the Northeast meetup, I was able to meet, uh, Mark's wife, Jen, and see her and meet her. And it was so great because, you know, Rico was traveling with me and, and he, he didn't have a ticket to attend any of the seminars. He really didn't have any reason to be there. In fact, I, I almost broke him. I almost made certain that he'll never travel with me again. Uh, because I really didn't plan for anything extra as far as like getting there and having a good time. I just, it was all just get there and suck it up and be with me. And, and he really struggled with that because it, you know, I, I pushed the boundaries of our, our bodies, honestly, our sleep schedules, everything. So he wasn't happy and, uh, he ended up, he ended up like running into Mark's wife because she works at the county store that's on site at the hotel there. And uh, and it's so great because, like, we were able to kind of watch – sorry, I just hit my computer. Uh, we were able to watch them as a couple and see how they interact as a couple, which is really, really cool. And it made me feel a lot less weird because uh, Mark and his wife have been together for a long time. They have a couple kids together and – They've had to endure a lot of crap, and Mark, uh, especially from what I heard from him, was very honest about all of the crap that he's put his relationship through, that he's done wrong, and um, and Jen, you could tell that there was this, you know, just like this, I don't know, it was cool. Like, she, she was very graceful and very calm and very accepting and you could see you could just see that they loved each other and that they knew each other really well so I'm aiming for that folks uh I'm aiming to not ingrandize any part of my relationship or push anything too hard in the ways that I want them to go I just I'm gonna try to be grateful and create meaning meaningful things and if they can't be meaningful I don't want them to happen and I advise it, um, a good tattoo, not tattoo, a good teacher, mentor of mine, I've mentioned him before, Mr. G, uh, Joe Giordano. He told me once, and he might not remember, and I, this might be repetitive, I'm pretty sure I said it again, uh, or I said it before here, but, uh, you know, he told me once that if you don't smoke and you don't agree with smoking, don't ever do a cigarette ad. You know, don't do anything about smoking if you don't agree with it. And so he was trying to, I think, teach about the power and nature of mark making and art and what what it does. You know, I think a lot of us artists, you know, we've We've kind of been doing that weird scientist thing where we've been like, can I, can I? And we just push the boundaries and then we don't stop long enough to say, should I, should I? And I know that I'm guilty of this. I've done a lot of explorative stuff. Now I'm doing a lot more, should I? 
with my life. And that's really different. It's weird to be doing at 41 years old. Excuse me, I had to clear my throat a little. Uh, probably a whole midlife thing. I don't know. But I do think it's very important to ask, should you? And to uh, align yourself with exactly your value systems, especially as an artist, because I think we create culture. You know, like, I do. Yeah, it's kind of a chicken and the egg kind of thing, but we definitely are interlocked in this this cyclical thing of what we express and what we do so much so influences how people act and move and what they value and what what they invest in what they consider to be popular and it's just weird for me because I've never been popular I I I, you know I just kept doing something I love to do and it became popular and I didn't really know how to navigate that I I still don't but the only thing that I can really turn to now is something that is old, um, steadfast, and uh, timeless, which is, you know, a spiritual connection. Like I said, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Christian, mostly because my parents are that way, uh, too. I'm, I want to go and check out the church that they've been attending for a while, and specifically a pastor that they very much so admire and if you knew my mom you'd know that she is not a person that gives too much credit to too many people and uh, this pastor pastor David Whitney is some somebody that she keeps returning to and just has nothing but the most wonderful things to say about him so I want to meet this guy I want to attend a few services and just just feel it out you know, I've never, you know, I, I don't think church is necessarily important, but I won't have my parents forever. And I'm so lucky that I have them now. And when I think about it, I don't see them as much as this pastor does. He sees them every week, every week. Uh, my brother sees my parents every week because he has kids and they've, they've made a, they've made a point of instilling, you know, the grandparents in with his kids and making sure that everyone has a connection. You know, I haven't invested in those things. I've invested solely in being a tattoo artist, being an artist, being okay on my own. And what I found is I've done a lot of great things. I've conquered a lot. But I don't think I set myself up well here. I think that's why COVID hit me so hard is because I realized how much I gave up. I don't regret it, but... And there's still so much time, knock on wood. But... I, I want to make sure that I have, I have a connection with my family and it's become more important to me as I've seen that it's, it's not as guaranteed as one might feel it is. 
I think that's the biggest thing that people realize during COVID is that life can be taken at any time. And so we're all kind of renewed into our gratitude. And I know it has shook us, but it's not over. If you're still here, there's still room to change and to do different things. And for me, going to this church, to these services, um, it, it will accomplish something that I need. Because like I said, I won't have my parents forever. And I'll want to know people who knew them. I'll want to know people who have stories about them. I'll need those people, I'm sure. And so I'm, I'm just going to do it because I think I owe my parents. They spent a lot of their lives indulging what I wanted and what I needed. And I think I should do it for them. Honor thy parents, right? So that's where I'm at, diary listeners. Uh, this is a diary entry of mine, personal. Wanted to fill you guys in on Alana where I was just simply because, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for you. You know, you, you've stuck with me and we keep growing. I mean, the numbers, they, they stack slowly on Instagram, but they keep stacking. It's, it's not like we're not growing. We are, we continually do things, really cool things. And lately I've been hearing, and I'm sorry if I don't shout you out personally, um, I just hope I get to meet you in person and we we do cool shit together later Um, and that there's going to be time, time to highlight you, time to talk, time to, you know, invest. But I've had so many awesome, awesome people contact me, hitting me up in my DMs, telling me how much the show has meant to them, what, what they've gathered from it, how helpful it's been. It's really, really cool. Um, It's pretty awesome. One more thing that I want to share right before uh, I I stop here is I have, it's not mine solely. There's three of us and I didn't create it. Um, it's, uh, It's three people that run the Tattoo Apprentice Facebook group. Uh, It's a small group right now. It's called Tattoo Apprentice. Uh, I'm, I'm a large poster there. I post a lot of things. I shared all of my Inktober stuff, which by the way, guys, thanks for indulging all of that. It was fun. It was a challenge. Uh, it was a lot more challenging this year than last year, honestly. Uh, I think it's because the stakes were higher and I wanted to do it even better, but I didn't have you know, consistent ed- energy every day. So it's, it's a thing. And I've seen a lot of people do the, the Inktober thing. Like they're consistent. It's awesome. And they like create these dope sketchbooks. I mean, it's just amazing things. You're never going to lack in anything if you seek and you search and you push the envelope and you try. I do recommend thinking to yourself, should I? But, you know, if, if there's more things saying yes than saying no, then just do it. Um, you'll, you'll be happy you did. Uh, also coming up after Nathan, sometime in the future, I did interview finally Jason Leeser. 
And uh, you can catch him on Reinventing the Tattoo. Every Monday he does, I think at 11 a.m., an art jam. So you can catch him live and sit in with a, like just an art jam where they, everyone draws together. It's really cool. But I interviewed Jason. We stayed up way too late at Jiminy getting his recording. And there's so much. There's so much awesome stuff that he shared with us. So I'm excited about that. But I just wanted to kind of fill you guys in. I do think I'm a little bit under an hour. Maybe not. I don't know at this time. But I feel better about this recording. I feel like it was more coherent and less all over the place. So uh, hopefully it will have some value to you if you've made it this far in listening. And if you have, I am very grateful for you. I love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful week. And... uh, I don't know. Keep being awesome. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.